All right, let's get serious. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. Last week we read about the transfiguration. We had Jesus with Peter, James, and John up on the mountain, and Elijah and Moses appeared there beside Jesus. And Peter didn't really know what to do. He, he suggested to make tabernacles for them. But after all that happened, Moses and Elijah disappeared and there was a voice from heaven. And God was speaking and said, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And so everything was focused on Jesus. Not the law, not the prophets, but on Jesus. And that's who we were, are to listen to and who we are to follow. Uh, and today we're picking up after those events that we talked about last week as Jesus and the three apostles who were with him are coming down the mountain. They come down to find a, a situation of brewing, and so they have to deal with that. That's what we're going to talk about today. In Mark 9, we'll start in verse 14. We'll read through 29, then we'll pray and talk about it. When they came to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and scribes disputing with them. All of a sudden, when the whole crowd saw him, they were amazed and ran to greet him. Then he asked them, What are you arguing with them about? Out of the crowd a man answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. He replied to them, you unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. So they brought him to him. When the spirit saw him, it immediately convulsed the boy. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked his father. From childhood, he said. And many times it has thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Then Jesus said to him, If you can, everything is possible to the one who believes. Immediately the father of the boy cried out, I, I do believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly coming together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Then it came out, shrieking and convulsing him violently. The boy became like a corpse, so that many said, He's dead. But Jesus, taking him by the hand, raised him, and he stood up. After he went into a house, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? And he told them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. We thank you for these words, and I pray that you would help us to get something from them. Dear Lord, there's good stuff in your word today, and I pray that you just hide me behind the cross, that you would help me to speak, to preach, and teach to your people this morning the things that you would have us to hear. Help our minds and our hearts to be open. Let the Holy Spirit do a work in us, dear Lord. Bring any encouragement or conviction that we may need today, and I pray that you just be glorified and just bring the words to my mind that you need me to say today. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now this is one of my favorite stories, which is no surprise to you because just about every other week I say that. But this is a good story. This is a, uh, one verse in particular that we'll get to that is one of my favorite verses and I think is so applicable to us. 
But Jesus and the three, Peter, James, and John, had been up on the mountain. And as they come down from the mountain to see the other disciples, they see the crowd that has been gathered. There's a dispute that's taking place. They don't really know what's going on until they get down there. And Jesus said, look, what is all this arguing about? The scribes were there, it says in the text. Now, we know the scribes are usually up to no good when it comes to Jesus and the disciples. They almost are always causing trouble. And they probably were part of the trouble that was going on here. And when Jesus and the other three get to the disciples and Jesus said, look, what's, what's going on here? What's, what's happening? There's a man in the crowd that speaks out, and we see the problem that's taking place. This man has a son uh, that, that has a spirit uh, that is causing him all kind of problems. And as we see from the whole text, he's been doing this his whole life. And he has all of these different things that occur when this spirit begins to act up. It says in verse 18 that it seizes him. So he begins to have what appears to be what we would call a seizure. It seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, he grinds his teeth, and he becomes rigid. Now, that sounds a lot like what you see people who have a seizure today have. Some of you may have seen someone have a seizure, and there's this tension, and there's, there's a shaking, and, and, they just, and their, their mouth is, is gripped closed, and there's foaming at the mouth. And that's exactly what is happening to this man's son. It's been happening from birth. So you can imagine, as a parent, how tough it must have been. He wanted his son to be healed. Now, he had heard about Jesus. He had heard about all the work that he had been doing, and so he had come to this area, and he's trying to find Jesus because he wants his son to be healed. Now, the cause of the problem here in this young man's life is that he has a spirit, an evil spirit, it appears. It doesn't say evil spirit, but we can kind of gather that based on what we've seen from the rest of Mark and the rest of text. Uh, and based on the reaction of the spirit when it sees Jesus. So this appears to be an evil spirit that's in this boy that's causing his problem. Now, a spiritual being that's evil spirit is causing spiritual, spirit, or excuse me, physical problems to occur in this young man's life. And the father wants his son to be healed. Now, another thing it says of the, of the boy here is that he's deaf and that he's mute. And so you can imagine for this boy who has been going through this his whole life, probably born in this way, having these seizures, not being able to hear, not being able to speak, you can imagine how difficult it must have been for this young man. Now, that was his normal. He knew nothing different. That was normal life to him. He probably didn't realize how bad a shape he was in. Now, those around him did. His father did. Those who were healthy did. But this young man may not have known the shape he was in. Can you imagine what that would be like? Can you imagine what it would be like to, at any moment's time, not know when a seizure is going to hit? Some of you can't imagine because some of you have had to go through that. Some of you have experienced seizures. And you know what that's like when it hits at a moment's notice. And you don't have any warning. It's not a good thing. It's not a fun thing. It's a, it's a terrible thing. It's a horrible thing. Can you imagine what it would be like to not be able to hear? to not be able to speak, to not be able to communicate. Now, some of you in here, you, you may say, well, I don't hear very good. I don't hear as good as I once did. Well, you might not hear as good as you once did, but you still can kind of make stuff out. You still can kind of see what people are saying. You still kind of know what's going on. But this young man had been like this his whole life. He didn't really know what was going on. He probably wasn't able to make out too good what people were saying. 
He couldn't, couldn't communicate because he was deaf, so he was unable to speak, and he was in this horrible situation where these seizures would hit. Now, this may be a good illustration for us to think about sin in our life. Now, we may not always realize how bad sin is in our life. We may not be aware of how bad off we are. Uh, as sinners, we're really no better off, spiritually speaking, than this young man. We go around and we're, we're, we, we kind of lose control sometimes because the sin may, may overrule us. We give in to the things that the sin tempts us with. And boy, we're living in a bad shape and it takes a hold of us and it makes us do things that we shouldn't do. We may be in a spot where, where we are deaf, spiritually speaking. That is, we don't, we don't know what's going on. We see what's going on. We can see, but we can't really hear. We can't really make out everything that's going on. Even though we see what's going on, when I say we're deaf, we're deaf spiritually. We're not really seeing and hearing what God wants us to hear. We're not able to communicate. Spiritually speaking, sometimes... Uh, well, I guess all the time, actually. We are like this boy. That is, in our sin, we're, we're, we're not aware of everything that's going on. We're not aware. We can't really hear God's word. We can't really make out God's word. We don't realize how bad of a situation we are in until all of a sudden we hear the truth of God's word. We see the truth of God's word. And in an instant, everything is revealed to us. We realize just how wretched we are. And we are sinners. We are wretched men and women. And when we begin to hear God's word, when we hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we begin to read it, all of a sudden the things that we weren't aware of, the things that used to take control of us that we didn't even know they were controlling us, that we didn't have any control over, all of those sins in our life, all of a sudden when the truth is revealed to us, the things that used to control us, now we can control through Jesus Christ. The things that we used to just kind of see what was going on, but we really didn't get what was going on, when we come to Jesus Christ and when we hear God's word, all of a sudden the lights come on and we see things in a totally different way. We see the world in a different way. And then we look back at the life we were living in and seeing and say, whoa, I was in bad shape. Sin was ruling my life. I could see what was going on, but I couldn't really hear and tell what was going on, spiritually speaking. And all of a sudden, when we hear the truth of the gospel, everything just, it just becomes real to us. We see, we understand. Now, this boy in this story, he didn't really understand what was going on, probably. He didn't know it was normal to him. But praise the Lord that he had somebody in his life that knew that it was not normal. Praise the Lord that he had a father that said, you know what, my son is sick. My son needs to be healed. Now there's another good illustration there for us, I think. Because sometimes there may be people in our life who are living like this boy, spiritually speaking. That is, they're not really aware of what's going on. They're not aware of how sin is impacting them. They're not aware that there is something better than what they're living. They're living in darkness. They're not aware that there is even a light. Now, for those of us who have seen the light, well, it's our job to take that light out into the world. And you may know somebody, a family member or a friend, and you may see that they're living in sin. You may see that they're missing out. Well, you may need to do like this boy's father. It may be up to you to say, you know what? I've got somebody that I love, and they don't realize how bad off they are, but I do. And I want to take them to Jesus. I want to introduce Jesus to them. I want to show them that there's a light. I want to show them just how bad they are so they can realize just how good Jesus is. 
And sometimes in life, we need to intervene for people. There's probably some of you in this room that you're here today because somebody has intervened for you. Because somebody loved you enough to tell you about Jesus. Because somebody loved you enough to tell you God's Word, to share it with you, to pour into your life, to tell you the hard truth even when you didn't want to hear it. There are some in this room that are probably here today because somebody intervened for you and said, you know what? You need to know the goodness of Jesus Christ. You need to know His love. You need to know His forgiveness. We see a similar story with the, with the men who took the roof off of the house to lower their friend down into the house. He was in no condition to be helped. He had to have somebody else there. He had to have his friends around to intervene for him, to point him and take him to Jesus Christ so he could be healed. And that's what the father does here. He knows the son's in bad shape. His son might not even know how bad a shape he is, but his, his father does. And he said, look, I'm going to take you to Jesus. And he does just that, and he intervenes for him. And sometimes, as Christians, we need to intervene for people. People we encounter, and we say, you know what? They need to know about Jesus. They may not realize how bad they are, but I do, because I've seen, I've seen the Word. I know how bad they are, because I was that bad once. I, see, I know their struggle, because I was in that struggle, and I didn't realize it. But if Jesus has delivered us from the struggles that we're in, then we need to be doing the same for other people. We need to be intervening for those who can intervene or don't know that they even need to be intervened for. And so here we have this situation. Here we have this problem that's taking place. And the father wants his son to be healed, and he had brought him to the disciples because Jesus and Peter, James, and John were up on the mountain, and the other nine disciples were, were down at the bottom of the mountain. And, and the man brings the son to them, and they're not able to drive this demon out or this evil spirit out. No doubt this probably caused some problems between the scribes. It doesn't tell us a lot of details about the interaction there. But I would guess that the scribes were probably uh, causing some problems for the disciples, which is why this argument broke out here. And so Jesus comes to this, uh, this man and, and begins to ask him, oh, what's going on? How long has he been like this? And this man is telling him he's been like this since birth. And the man asked Jesus, and he says something that's, that's very interesting. He says in verse 22, And many times it has thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. He says, if you can do anything. And Jesus catches that. Jesus tells him, verse 23, If you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. And the man said, this is one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, and the man says, I believe, but help my unbelief. Now, how many times are we like that in our life? That we know the power of God, we know what He can do, and we go to Him and our faith just not quite what it should be. And we go to, we go to the Lord and we say, God, if you can do anything, if you can do anything, Jesus said, if I can do anything, I can do anything if you believe. You've got to have the faith to believe. And the man recognizes his weakness. I believe, but help my unbelief. How many times are we that way? How many times do we pray to God knowing that he is good, knowing that he can heal, but our faith just not quite what it should be? We believe, but we don't believe the way we should believe. 
There may be times in our life where we need to utter the same words that this man here uttered, that the boy's father uttered. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe for all the faith that we have in some areas and things that God does in our life, maybe there are other areas where our faith is just as weak as it can be. Maybe there are things that we're praying to God about, but we really don't think God's going to do it. We're really not praying from our heart. We really don't believe with all of our heart that God's going to do it. And maybe these words that this man uttered are the same words that you and I need to utter. I believe, but help my unbelief. And Jesus proceeds to go through and he proceeds to, to heal this young man. And when the spirit sees Jesus, boy, the, the boy begins to convulse and, and all this stuff and shaking around. And Jesus commands the spirit to come out of the boy and it does in an instant. It comes out of the boy and says, never enter into him again. And he's freed of this physical ailment. Now this is something for us to consider as we see this story today because... The symptoms that we see that this boy has that are a result of an evil spirit are the same symptoms that we may see people in our world today have. Now, there are lots of physical ailments in our world today. There are lots of mental ailments in our world today. And I just wonder how many of those things may be something just like this situation here. Now, we don't like to say that or we don't like to acknowledge that. We like to give a, a diagnosis and say, oh, here's the problem. It's a mental issue. It's a, it's, a, it's a this issue. It's a physical issue. Or maybe it is. Don't stop taking medicine if you're taking medicine. But I think that some of our issues in this world today that we experience are things that are not just physical, but things that are also spiritual. And you see, we try to, we try to solve problems without dealing with the problem. We try to solve problems by dealing with the symptoms oftentimes. Now that's true physically speaking and spiritually speaking in our life. We'll have a problem, something that we're going through, something that we're struggling with, and instead of dealing with the problem, we want to deal with the symptoms of the problem. Now you can deal with symptoms of the problem, but the problem's still going to be there. And sometimes, I know I'm going to get some flack for saying this, but sometimes... There are things physically that we do and ways that we act and we treat them with medication when we need to be treating them with the Word of God. We just say, well, I'll just take a pill for it. Well, maybe you need a pill. Or maybe you don't need a pill. Maybe you need the Word of God. Maybe you need to trust the Lord. Maybe you don't need to take the easy way out, but you need to say, you know what, my problem, my problem is my sin. My problem is the devil. My problem is the evil that's within me, and I'm not going to take a pill to deal with it. I'm going to let the Lord deal with it. Now look, I ain't a doctor. Don't stop taking your pills. But there may be things in life that a pill's not ever going to fix. There may be things in life that you can take a pill for from now to the rest of your life that will help you to function, but it's not going to deal with the problem because the problem might just be it might just be sin in your life. It might be something else you need to deal with in the spiritual and not in the physical. But see, as a society, we don't usually deal with our problems. We just try to do whatever we can to get a quick fix. That's what we want. We want a quick fix. We want to fix the symptoms without fixing the problem. Say, for instance, here's a good example. Say, for instance, you have a, a vehicle and it's burning oil. And you just keep putting oil in it. 
And it keeps burning oil. Well, you keep putting oil in it for years, and it'll keep running. Now, it's a solution to fix the, the, uh, the symptom that the oil keeps going out. You keep putting more oil in there, and that keeps fixing that. But it doesn't fix the problem. There's a reason why the car is burning oil. There's something going on inside the engine. You can keep on putting oil in there, but that's not fixing the problem. That's only letting you get by. And eventually, that oil engine's going to give out. So what do you do? Well, you can keep pouring oil in there and wait till it dies, or you can get it fixed. You can get it dug into. You can get somebody that knows what they're doing to go in there in the, in, in the innermost parts of the engine, and they can find what's causing that problem, and they can seal it up, and they can put it back together, and the problem is solved. Now, that's what I'm talking about when I say sometimes we deal with the symptoms and we don't deal with the problem. We have to deal with what our problem is, and our problem oftentimes is sin in our life. But we don't want to take the time to deal with the problem. We want a quick fix. We want it to be fixed right now. What can I do right now to get me by? I don't care about later. I don't care about next week. I care about right this minute. What can I do, the least amount I can do, to get by in this moment so that I can go about my way and not feel too bad about it? Oftentimes, that's what we're looking for. Sometimes, that's what people come to church looking for. I want to come in. I want to get out. I want to get just what little bit I got to have to make it a little bit further. I'm going to come in, I'm going to come out, and I'm going to go and I'm going to be on my way. And I'm going to say a little prayer, and I'm going to put some money in the plate, and I'm going to feel better about myself, and everything is going to be okay. And we do just what we can to get by and feel better on ourselves, but all the problem that we have comes from the sin in our life. Sometimes I think that as Christians, people like to use churches like a pit stop in NASCAR. We come in here, we wheel in. All right, got to get here. Church visits start. We're going to go in. We're going to see people. That's like the jack man lifting us up. Everybody tells us how good glad they are. The see us. We feel happy. Everybody lifting us up. Bam. All right, I'm lifted up. Now what do I do? Got to get my tires changed. All right, I'm going to run in here. Got 45 minutes for Sunday school. I'm going to go in there. Sunday school teacher's going to tell me something good. Zoop, 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 zoop. All right, that's quick. Go around to the other side of the car. Going to get a little sermon. Everything's going to be good. Got to put some gas in. And then, bam, off. The jack comes down on my and off for another week. And some people, boy, they come in and they don't want to give God any time. They want to be in and out just a little bit to get by and get on my way. Sometimes you see the NASCAR people, if you ever watch a NASCAR pit crew, you'll see that guy that's got the gas can and he's trying to put all the gas in there because the gas is what keeps the car going. And sometimes they're in such a rush, they take off and the gas can's being full because they ain't got time to wait an extra tenth of a second. They got to go. And sometimes I feel like that's what we like when we come to church. Not any of y'all, of course, just the bad Christians. But people come in, boy, and they go, and they look at their clock. Is he about through? Is he about through? I got to go. Is it 12.15? Does he not know what time it is? Last week he kept it till 12.20, and I'm trying to put gas in the car, and you're trying to drive off. Sometimes we do that because we want a quick fix. We don't want to sit here and think, okay, God, maybe there's something you want to tell me, Lord. Maybe there's something in my life that shouldn't be there. Maybe some of the problems I have, the bad attitude I have, the anger I have, the impatience I have, maybe, God, just maybe there's something that you can do in my life to deal with those things. Those are just a few examples. There's others. We all got our things that we go through. But maybe just maybe there's things that God wants to do in our life when we read His Word when we're at home. 
but we can't spend much time because we got to go. We got stuff to do. All right, God, I'm going to give you this five minutes, but if you're not done, then I'm driving off. I don't care what you're trying to do. I'm, that's it. That's all I'm giving you. Because we want a quick fix. Makes us feel good for a little while. Read a little bit of God's Word. Prayed a little bit. Makes us feel good for a little while. But oftentimes we hadn't really dealt with the problem in our life. We hadn't really dealt with the sin in our life. We just want a quick fix. Now when we read God's Word, whether it's at home, or whether it's a church, whether it's this church or another church, Whenever we're giving God time, we need to give God time. Because it may just be, it may just be that God does want to speak to us. It may be that some of all that rambling that your Sunday school teacher does, or your preacher does, it may just be that in some of that, the Lord may be trying to speak to you through His Word. It may just be that there's something in His Word that we read today, or something that was said today that the Holy Spirit may be wanting to work with you on. Maybe something that God wants to encourage you with. Maybe something that God wants to convict you with. But oftentimes, we don't have time to hear what God has to say. We just want just enough to get by. Just enough to get by. But God doesn't want us to have just enough to get by. God doesn't want us just to live with our problems and our sin and our struggles that we have. God wants to heal us of those things. God wants to free us of those things. There was a problem here with this boy. The problem was this evil spirit that was within him that was causing all of this suffering and all of this pain that was keeping him from living a productive life, from having a normal life. There was this evil there that was within him that was holding him back, and Jesus healed him from it. Jesus didn't say, take two aspirins and call me in the morning. Jesus said, here's the problem. I see the cause of the problem, and I'm going to deal with the problem. And there are problems in our life that Jesus wants to deal with. There are problems in our life that Jesus can help. Some of those problems he might help instantly, just like he did this young man. Some of those problems he may not help instantly, and if he doesn't, well, then it's not his will to do so. Some of the things that, uh, that we pray to him about, he, he may make us wait for years, for months. Sometimes he may never heal them. And if that's the case, then it's not his will to do so. But there are some things in our life that I think the Lord would help us with. But we don't give them to Him. We don't really seek Him. We're seeking a quick fix. We're seeking an easy way out. And when we do that, we're not dealing with the problem. But when we come to Jesus Christ, and when we seek Him, and we begin to, to read what His Word says, when we begin to listen to what He says, problem solved. Because he's the only problem solver that there is. There's no other solution for our problems in this world than Jesus Christ. He is the problem solver. And we need to be willing to come in and say, Look, Lord Jesus, maybe I haven't been seeking you the way I should. Maybe I had not been listening to you the way I should. But Lord Jesus, I want you to help me if you can. Maybe we've been saying that. I want you to help me if you can. And maybe Jesus today wants to say to you, if I can, all things are possible for the one who believes. We believe, but help our unbelief. Now, I would hope, I like to think, I don't know anybody's heart, but I'd like to think that everybody in here believes 
in God's Word, in Jesus Christ. But even still, maybe there's some unbelief. Maybe there's something that's holding you back. And maybe that's what's keeping the Lord from working in your life the way He wants to. Jesus delivered this young man, delivered him on the spot. Everybody else thought he was dead, and Jesus reached down, lifted him up, and raised him up. And Jesus still wants to deliver people today. He still wants to deliver you. He still wants to free you from the evil that is within you. He still wants to free you from the sin that is within your life. He still wants to free you from all those struggles that you experience, those things that are hard, that sin that you keep doing even though you hate to do it, even though you know it's wrong, even though you don't want to do it, even though you say, I don't want to do this. It's like a war that's raging within us, Paul says. Sometimes I do what I don't want to do. And even as Christians, sometimes we do the things we don't want to do. So what do we do? Well, we keep coming to Jesus. We keep coming back to him and saying, all right, Lord Jesus, I keep doing this thing. I keep thinking this thing. I keep acting this way. I don't want to act. But Lord Jesus, help me to get through it. I know you can help me to get through it. And God is good. Sometimes he does it instantly. Sometimes he does it over time. I found in my life he does it over time. I wish he would do it instantly. But sometimes it takes him a while. And I don't think it's because he's slow. I think it's because he's trying to teach us something. Because sometimes through the process of us continuing to pray to the Lord, that builds up our faith, that builds up our strength. And pretty soon, little over little, after time, those things that we used to struggle with, we realize that we don't struggle with them anymore. We realize that the Lord has given us strength. And that's what the Lord wants to do to us today. He wants to help us to overcome the things in our life that are there, to overcome the sin in our life for our eyes to be open to things that maybe we are blinded to so that we're not living a, a life as a, as a blind, deaf person, but we're living a life as somebody that clearly sees what the Word of God is so that we understand what's going on in the world, so that we're not living in darkness, but that we're living in the truth and the light that is Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for these words, and I pray that you would help us to uh, just trust you with all of our heart. Dear Lord, we believe... But help our unbelief because, God, maybe there are things that we just aren't trusting you with in the way that we should. God, maybe there are things in our life that we've tried to take the quick and the easy way out. God, maybe you've been trying to work with us through your word. You've been trying to speak to us, maybe through other people in our life. But, dear Lord, maybe we're in such a hurry we don't have time to stop and listen. I pray, God, that we would stop and listen to you. Dear Lord, I pray that we would come to you to be our solution to our problems, God. Maybe there are some physical ailments and some, some things that are in our life, dear Lord, that we need to take some medicine for. And so be it, dear Lord God. You give us doctors and we thank you for it. But God, maybe there are some other things that we just need to deal with in our life that, God, you can deal with, that you can take care of. And I pray that you would help us to know the difference between the two, dear Lord. I pray that you would just help us not to deal with our symptoms, but deal with our problem. And God, our problem is always sin in our life, just rooting its way in there, causing us all these temptations and desires and evil thoughts, dear Lord, and, and all this stuff that comes with it. So God, I pray that you would help us to be aware of the real problem, of the real enemy. And dear Lord, I pray that you would help us to be faithful to come to you, to seek you. In the same way that this man came for a son, dear Lord, let us intervene for others. Let us come to you for ourselves, dear Lord. Help us, dear Lord. We believe, but help our unbelief. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen.